This is the Dave and Shecky Show. We got this groovy podcast for ya. Reviewing crazy tunes or quoting Twain and Sting and Doom. We'll bring ideas to share like bonus points for extra flair. Cause it's the freaking Dave and Shecky Show. Show. We're bringing you this groovy review. We might preview movies, bake some bread, or drink some smoothies. So come on, have way too much caffeine. You roll up some rivers, I'll reference some Raffi. This is the Dave and Shecky Show. Baseball been very, very good to me. I am an Indian Garrett Morris. I see. Hello, this is the Indian Garrett Morris Show. Okay. Baseball been very, very good to me. Mm. And other stuff that I would do mm-hmm. with an Indian accent. Mm. Welcome, everyone. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Middle Age Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast featuring your pals. Sonny Toprano and Timmy Vega. Aw, Timmy Vega. Yeah, it's a th- shout out to Timmy Vega. And who's the other one? Sonny Toprano. Who's that? Uh Tony Soprano's cousin. Oh. Timmy Vega was a an artist that did a lot of the t-shirt work for uh, a lot of the jam bands of the 90s, uh, of the 90s New York City jam band scene. Um, the Blues Traveler Cat, uh, probably one of the most famous, but he did a lot of the, uh, the posters and such uh, as well. And uh, he was a very nice, nice, nice man. Young yeah. man, nice young man. And his sister's famous too. And that's enough of that. Uh-huh. Is her name Luca? Is she, she famous? The, she loved to build the coffee shop. She's famous amongst the circle of those kind of people. Is that like a Lisa Loeb crowd or something? Oh, hey, take it ish. I don't know. That's Everybody loves Lisa Loeb, especially uh, the Weasel Zappa. I see. Oh, is he married to her? No, they had a thing there. Oh. Well, Remember maybe. they had a show. I think they had a cooking show on TV at one point. Not exactly that. Oh. All right. Well, uh, okay. So now you know uh, about Timmy Vega and uh, Tony. Who is it? Sonny. Some Sonny Soprano. Sonny. What did you say his name was? Sonny. Sonny Soprano. Who's t- no? He can't be related to. He's not Tony Soprano. He's Sonny Soprano. But who is that? Did you just make it up? That's for Sonny to know and Tony to find out. All right. Anyway, um, this uh, episode, uh, we have suddenly become not a weekly show. And I'll have you know it's not uh, anything to do with me. Yeah, you know, it's been a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have left you uh-huh. uh, without a dope beat for uh, you to step to. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So there's a shout out for you, too. All right. Uh, this week, we are, uh, last show, we talked about the boys from Brazil. And this week, we are talking about our five favorite movies. Uh, this has been a hardship for Dave because he doesn't like to rank things. And uh, I, f- I feel like we are getting five movies that he likes. But My thing is, I like to file, uh-huh. but I hate to rank. So, you know, I can't rank and file. I, see. I had to choose one. Because I can't multitask. Uh-huh. So I just file. I see. Well, I feel like these are five movies that you thought about and said, yeah, I like them. 
Yeah, I don't know that they'd be your five favorite movies. Right this second, I'll go with them. Uh-huh. Okay. That's what I, I thought. Number one, oh. Yellow Submarine. No, just kidding. Okay. We're not starting at number one. Oh. That's well, I'm certainly not including Yellow Submarine in any of them, so that was good. That's okay. good. We got that out of the way. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's not uh, an enjoyable movie at all. Um, all right. So uh, what we're going to do is uh, go from five to one. Do you want to start? One in five. Mm-hmm. No one here gets out alive. Okay. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? I want you to start. That means we end with your number one. That's what she said. Uh-huh. Oh, would you rather end with your number one? It does not matter to me. Okay. I am not having any sort of right. ego trip on the number ones. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. My number five from 1985, The Breakfast Club. Holy shit. It is now 7.06. You have exactly eight hours and 54 minutes to ponder the error of your ways. Any questions? Yeah. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? <laughs> a brain, a beauty, a jock, a rebel, and a recluse. I can't believe this is really happening to me. Before this day is over, they'll break the rules. Chicks cannot hold a smoke. That's what it is. Bear their souls. I'm a nymphomaniac. Are your parents aware of this? Take some chances. Being bad feels pretty good. Huh? And touch each other in a way they never dreamed possible. Why'd you do that? Because I knew you wouldn't. Oh. The Breakfast Club. They only met once. I don't want to be alone anymore. You don't have to be. But it changed their lives forever. I mean, I consider you guys my friends. I'm not wrong, am I? Universal Pictures presents Emilio Estevez, Paul Gleason, Anthony Michael Hall, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy in a John Hughes film. Why are you being so nice to me? Because you're letting me. The Breakfast Club. Hey, who's Paul Gleason? Paul Gleason is the uh, gentleman who's watching over them. The one who says, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. Ah, okay. One of my favorite quotes ever. Um, the Breakfast Club, my number five. What do you think about that? Did you did you have an inkling? No. I, that's a good iconic movie, though. I mean, that's a classic. Uh, you like that more than, let's say... Uh, well, are you going to start trying to guess other top my other top five? No. Okay. Do you like that more than Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Yes, I do. Do you not like Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Uh, it's not that I don't like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, um, but uh, this is this is the problem with Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I um I spent my ninth grade, my freshman year in California, in San Diego County, hmm. and um. So that movie came out when you were in San Diego. That movie came out at about that time. And I, I have to be honest, I did not. It was a bit of a culture shock. I had moved from New Jersey to Montana uh, and then to San Diego. And it was um, it was crazy. It was crazy there for me. And I didn't enjoy it. And I, I guess that movie is kind of a, a reminder of 
of that. I, I, I like the movie. It is not in my top five. Uh, the only thing that came out of me living there that was any good was uh, my love of vans. They are, uh, once your foot gets used to them, they are very cool. And, um, but I mean, there were guys there that dyed their hair blonde. Uh, I went to a school dance and the dancing was not anything I'd ever seen before. And it was, uh, it was not, it was not a fun vibe for me. I did not enjoy it. I didn't like it very much at all. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, Breakfast Club um, appealed to me. It was I, in 1985 that I was a senior in high school. All of those kids, I knew versions of them. Um, and I just thought it was, uh, it was just so well done. It was funny in not a slapsticky way. Uh, I, I just loved it. I adored everyone and you could see yourself in some of them or in more than one of them. Um, the soundtrack was so 80s. It was amazing. Uh, so much Wang Chung everywhere you look. I just, I just, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it so much that there was a point where I could literally recite the whole movie. I cannot do that anymore, but, uh, there was a point where I could, I, I saw that movie many times and, um, you know, maybe I was, uh, when I was that age, I was having some, uh, well, I was a little homeless. <laughs> so, uh, it was just a, it was a, a moment in time that still sticks with me. I will still watch that movie and I will still catch myself, uh, reciting lines along with it as I am watching it. Um, now, how do you compare that movie to 16 Candles? You know, 16 Candles, funny. I like it. Just not, it's something magical about Breakfast Club for me. Oh, but I'm uh, St. Elmo's Fire. Also decent. Are they all by the same director? I don't know that they're all by the same director, but they are definitely uh, all have members of the Brat Pack. I, I This is the thing. St. Elmo's Fire um, and... Uh, 16 Candles don't have everyone. This this particular cast came together so perfectly. For me, I'm going to continue to say for me, since I'm sure there are other people who don't agree, that uh, I, none, none of the other Brat Pack movies, um, I think, are nearly as good. I'm sorry, I just don't think so. But uh, Judd Nelson... Uh, the, the bad boy, dreamy as fuck. Uh, Emilio Estevez, who was in trouble for uh, taping someone's ass cheeks together. And then when they took the tape off, he was the kid was truly injured uh, by it. That's why he was there. Um, you had uh, Anthony Michael Hall, uh, who, um, you know, had a fake uh, ID in his wallet just so he could vote so you had all these people and then Ali Sheedy it turns out she's there not for any reason in particular she didn't really even have uh detention that day she just didn't want to be alone so it's just a great movie why do you not like it have you not seen it no I've seen it I just it, I, I didn't <clears throat> mm -hmm. 
I didn't like the 1980s during the 1980s. Uh-huh. I despised 1980s. I didn't like Duran Duran. I didn't like any of that shit that all the people were listening to in my school. Mm. I didn't like any of it. All I liked was the 70s and the 60s. Uh-huh. So I looked down upon all that crap. Oh, you don't like the movie at all? That's not that I don't like it, but at the time, I, I didn't pay it any mind at all. I see. Paid it no mind. The only reason I like Fast Times at Ridgemont High is because it had stoners in it and Damone. Uh-huh. And it was a comedy, and it was more like the 70s than the 80s. Really, yeah, but me. there's like, you know, if there's an abortion, there's... Yeah, but uh, at the time, it was funny. And quite frankly, that's the first time I got to see Jennifer Jason Leigh, and I like her very much. I told you that already. She, yes, she was in Revenge. She's, she's very good. Man. And I like Judge, and I'm a big Judge Reinhold fan. Yes. So... God rest his soul. No, he's uh-huh. alive. I'm sorry. He's not, well, who are you talking about? I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> For God's sake, he gets into one problem in an airport and everyone thinks he's dead. Well, there you go. Anyway, so... Um, I. It's not that I didn't like it. I just didn't... I didn't like the 1980s. I didn't like the music. The music drove me insane. I see. So you were not a big fan of uh, the Wang Chung. No, I hated Wang Chung. And uh, what about the Irene Cara uh, I won't say I hated them, but I, I was, didn't appreciate them. All right. I mean, the, the what about Don't You Forget About Me? I mean, that's an iconic song. That's Wang Chung? No. That, that band... Uh, yeah, you know what? Don't You Forget About Me is a good song. See, hey, every generation has good songwriters. Uh-huh. I just don't like the 1980s in general. I didn't like the production. I don't like the way the drum machine took over and everything was... Everything was so inorganic sounding. Uh-huh. And so much reverb and gated, gated reverb. You know, right. So the but snare we're talking became about a machine. The, the movies. I know, but everything. So you're saying that none of your top five are from the 80s. Is that correct? No, that's not true. Oh, I see. Yeah. All right. Uh, so my top. But, but oh, I, I see. see. I was a teenager in the 80s, so I didn't like teenagers in the 80s. I don't like other teenagers who were 80s up. I thought they were foolish. Yet I was one of them. Well, that's that's. F- I like the '60s. I was all about the '60s, man. Anyway, The Breakfast Club on IMDb gets a 7.9. It had a one million dollar budget and made 51 million at the box office, so it was a hit. Uh. And that's all I have to say about. I have the movie um, Flashback. That was a that was a hip movie. Okay, uh, the sixties, w- man. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're going to your number five, David. All your right. number five. My number five might be one of yours, for all I know. All right, I'm not telling. I'm telling you. Okay. What about Bob? Aha. Eh. Just when Leo Marvin thought he was getting away from it all. As of this afternoon, I'm taking my family on vacation. His old friend Bob Wiley showed up. Dr. Marvin! Oh, my God. I really appreciate this. I don't want any of you letting Bob into this house. He's a sweet guy. Didn't you like Bob over for dinner? Would you like some more chicken, Bob? Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> Will you stop that, please? You're angry. No, I don't get it. You're upset. Touchstone Pictures presents Bill Murray. Hello, I'm Bob. Would you knock me out, please? And Richard Dreyfuss. This man is crazy. Get out! Why'd you need to kick Bob out of the house? 
What about Bob? I will tell you, it is not in my top five, um, but it is so good. And watching that trailer, it just doesn't do it any justice, does it? It's very funny. What about Bob is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I don't know if it would have worked as well if it wasn't that that particular cast. Yes. Richard Dreyfuss, uh, perfect Bill Murray, perfect. Julie Haggerty, perfect. The kids, perfect. Honestly, what about Bob? I feel is like a nine or ten out of ten yep. as far as comedies go. The 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 dolls that he has, the puppets, he acts out the oh my family God. emotions. Oh shit, that movie's just fucked up. <laughs> That's funny shit. Well, the, what year is that from? Nineteen ninety one. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, I went and this is I went and saw uh, this movie with our friend the king ah. and uh, I got really high and I was laughing so loudly that the people st- sitting in front of me literally moved their seats. I was high as fuck in this movie and people moved their seats <laughs> because I was laughing so hard. That's ridiculous. It is, I, I feel kind of terrible about it today, but it was that funny. I mean literally everything is hysterical and that trailer is it doesn't really do it for me it doesn't really show exactly how ridiculously hysterical that movie is but i don't know how i don't know how you would i would think you would just probably play a scene but that's not really how trailers go uh those days anyway it's hard to say this on uh imdb though Mm -hmm. only a seven That's absurd. That's absurd. That movie is amazing. When did you first see it? Did you see it in the uh, theater? I did not see it in the theater. I don't recall seeing it in the theater. I must have seen it on like Showtime or one of those things. With with me. Perhaps, yeah. I think yeah. so. At, at, at my uh, maybe, yeah. Maybe. Like I said, I didn't see it until then. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, I thought to myself, it's kind of hard for me to pick five movies. Uh-huh. So I said, let me break it down by genre. Ah. And I was like, well, who's one of my favorite comedic actors? And I thought, well, you know, John Belushi, uh, you know, I started thinking about the first cast of uh, Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I thought of Bill Murray movies. And I'm like, well, I think my favorite Bill Murray movie is probably this one. Bill Murray, not in the first cast. Right. Exactly. Part of 1.2 or something. He was right in there. Yeah. And he easily could have been, but they just didn't choose him right away. He was right in there, though. Yep. He was part of that whole crew. Brian Doyle Murray could uh, could have also been the first cast. Yep. Anyway, uh, yeah, so, you know, I thought Meatballs, but that's, I don't really, that's not one of my favorite movies. I liked it a lot at the time, but it's not something I'm like, I, I, I think maybe I just, I don't know. Meatballs, also fantastic. Yeah, I'd have to go back and see it again. I mean, at the time, it was clearly like one of the best. But then right after Meatballs, he did Stripes, and I really liked that too. So like, yeah. But I just feel like this is this is like the culmination of like precision. This is this is like Asia for like you know what I mean. This is like this is Steely Dan Asia, but with movies and Bill Murray. Bill Murray really refined it and got it down on this one. Is this is so perfectly done, and it's. 
and and uh you know the walter becker of the group in this one is clearly uh dreyfus he's good so yeah this is the asia of those two guys career directed by frank oz oh isn't, isn't he that yoda? interesting he is he is yoda and oscar the grouch and other things yoda's so. a hell of a director yeah so this is uh this movie is, is uh i would say this is in my top 10 for sure um just fucking funny it's movie. Just, really funny. Dreyfus is just great as, you know, at his wit's end. It is, yes. It is It <laughs> is a great, funny movie. And definitely, if you're a stoner and you haven't seen this, uh, I suggest you get high as fuck and uh, treat yourself to What About Bob? And if you're not a stoner, that's fine too because it's just fucking funny. Then just anyway. rub CBD oil all over yourself. Okay, and that's watch not it what then. this is about. You geniuses. Dave. Oh, sorry. Stop it. All right. On to my number. Is there anything else you wanted to say? Uh, No, but the kid is very good. I like the scene where they talk about death. That's very funny. Yes, and she, she, the daughter wound up being part of one of those um, Law and Order shows, I think, or yeah. a, show, a similar show to that. That's good stuff. All right, I guess that's that for that one. That's excellent, though. Yes. Yeah, that's a that's a great pick, Dave. Uh, well, easily could have been one of my top five, but uh, did not make it this time around. And I I agree. Breakfast Club obviously is a great movie. It's just that you know at that time I was very down on the that's cur- fine. on that kind of vibe. I, it's you know what. At no point did I ever say, you know, what's probably Dave's kind of movie, Breakfast Club. But I did like uh, uh, Bueller. I like that movie. Yeah, I don't like that one nearly as much. I I wouldn't even put that in my top fifty. No, I wouldn't put that in my top anything. But I liked it. Excellent, excellent. At the time. All right. Are you ready for my number four? Or number four? Yeah. I don't. Th- I don't. I, my guess is you don't know that my number four is either. Uh, apocalypse now. No, no, it is not. Uh, I mean, uh, stand by me. No, just kidding. I don't know what is it. <laughs> my number four. Two thousand AI. Planet Terror. Planet Terror. I don't even know what that is. Zero man. Dead bodies for Dada tonight. Admiral. I got bit. Bit by what? If I told you, you probably wouldn't believe me. They're not living. What the hell is that? They're not dead. The hell are the bodies? They're gone. They're not stopping. The hell is going on? Jerry. will spread all over the world. You want the story? I'll spin it for you quick. We got a face full of DC too. But the laws of science are broken. Right now, the soldiers are turning. Don't taunt me, Tramp. Once that happens, they'll tear us apart whether they want to or not. The side effect is terror. I swore to my men that I'd do everything in my power to keep them alive. I never had a choice. Now, the last hope for humanity. I'm gonna go get Jerry. Fine, but we're taking my car. I'm riding with you. Rests in the hands of a few. I have no leg! I made you something. Stand. Hop on. No, the other way. 
So Robert Rodriguez and uh, Quentin Tarantino got together and did two uh, Grindhouse movies together uh, back in 2007, and they were released as a double feature. Um, Robert Rodriguez is, to me, was the perfect homage to Grindhouse. Uh, it's so perfectly done and it's interesting because Rose McGowan uh who played Cherry Darling in this uh most notably I think everybody has seen the poster of her with a machine gun as her leg uh this this movie I I think it's perfect I think it's perfectly done the down to the uh the damage that they've done to the film, the effects, the it, it's, you know how we used to watch uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, and it was, mm-hmm. it was made on purpose to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. This is the same with this. Um, it's it's just so out there, so silly, but so well put together. Uh, and then when, like I said, Rose McGowan came out as part of the Me Too thing. Which you know, I, I'm I'm totally not into at all any of these people's politics, but the uh, it came out that uh, Weinstein didn't want her to work again, so he had pretty much blacklisted her throughout the industry, and and a chance meeting she had with Robert Rodriguez. She told Rodriguez this, and he was just, you know, kind of like, what a fucking dick. And then they had a chance to do this movie, and he put her in the movie. And uh, against, you know, he should have known better, but he put her in the movie. And as a result, Weinstein did not heavily push these movies. And as a result, she's not on the poster. I mean that her leg or as a machine gun is an iconic shot from this movie. Even if you don't know the movie, didn't know the name of the movie, who directed it, what it's about, everyone has seen that, I believe. A shot of it or a drawing of it. It's, you know, it's cherry darling. And uh didn't push it. She's not in the poster for America. And uh he he did his best to squash it. And this movie uh, the other half of it, I forget what it's called. It's the the one with uh, uh, the one that uh, Quentin Tarantino made. Um, what's it called again? Death Trap or something. Death Proof. 
his was death proof and uh planet terror was rodriguez's and uh they weren't they weren't out there and to for people to see well this is the death proof was death proof you could find on hbo rose mcgowan's in that one too Mm, she is in that one but not uh not not as much but uh planet terror it was very hard to find and and i think it's still hard to find actually but uh, it is i cannot tell you how how much glee i get from watching that movie just it's just an amazing piece of uh, it's an amazing homage to a genre that I don't think I've really seen it. It's right up my alley, but I don't know if it's right up yours. It's you know it's got Saeed from Lost in it. Saeed. It's got uh, Bruce Willis in it. Uh, it's got a lot of stars in it, and it's 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 just absurd. It's absurdly gory, absurdly uh, acted and directed, and and just perfectly affected. I mean, at some points the film breaks and you're like on to another part of the movie and you, and it's kind of a mystery what happened, you know, how you got to this place. And I, I just, I just love it. And this is, you know, 2007. So they're using green screen. They're really testing the limits of that technology, uh, a lot. And they, uh, it did it beautifully. I, I highly recommend it. Um, it is, I give, I give that movie, I give, uh, the Planet Terror a 10 out of 10. That's how much I really love it. Hmm. Never seen. Never, never heard, right? Never seen. I know there was a, uh, I know there were two movies. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've seen the Quentin Tarantino one, at least part of it. Mm-hmm. Is Kurt Russell in that? Yes. Yeah. He's got a car, he locks chicks in and he hurts them. He's, yeah, it's kind of like dual where he's chasing them down. I see. Um, it's not a, it's not my favorite Tarantino. Uh, I got to tell you, I did, I never loved Tarantino until I saw the Kill Bills. And then that fucking turned me around. At least on those, those two movies are, th- those could easily be in my top 10 uh, together. They're just really good. I really like. I like that that homage shit when and it's, especially when it's just done so well and it's they're clearly they're clearly going for something and I I just I dig it I dig it the Kill Bills are really great really great Uma is great and uh, but Planet Terror is despite Rodriguez's politics and everybody's politics. Uh, this movie, I I adore. Uma, Oprah, Oprah, Uma. Yeah. Great moments in Oscar history. Uh, anyway, so that was my number four, 2007, Planet Terror. Moving on to your number four, Dave. My number four. Uh-huh. Oh. This one, uh, funny you mentioned Aduro. Wait. I'm sorry, funny I mentioned a duro. A duro. A duro. What? That's how Japanese people say duel. Oh, I see. Uh, 
Now, I can make fun of Japanese people because Japanese people made fun of me when I was a young Jew. Okay. And, and all right. So what is... Now, what I'm saying is... Uh, number four. A Jewish. What? Jaws. Jaws? Jaws. Why are you saying Jaws like a Japanese person? Because I like to make a fun of them. I see. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously... Okay. <laughs> I, oh, this is what I'm saying here. All right, let's play the track. Now, Steven's... What? Go ahead. Play something. You're number four. George. There is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. A mindless eating machine it will attack and devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him jaws. <laughs> this is Universal's extraordinary motion picture version of Peter Benchley's best-selling novel, Jaws. I just found out that a girl got killed here last week. And you knew it. You knew there was a shark out there. You knew it was dangerous. But you let people go swimming anyway. that most people get attacked by sharks in three feet of water about 10 feet from the beach yeah what we are dealing with here is a perfect engine uh an eating machine we're not only going to have to close the beach we're going to have to hire somebody to kill the shark bad fish but i'll catch him and kill him did you hear your father out of the water now this shark swallow you whole ah! you're going to need a bigger boat That's a 20 footer. 25. Three tons of them. Hurry up, he's coming straight for us. Don't screw it up now. Don't wait for me. Now! Shoot! fantasies of evil can compare with the reality of Jaws. Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfuss, Jaws. See it before you go swimming. 
Jaws. That Jaws is a is a great movie. Yeah, that movie set a lot of things in motion. I mean, first of all, that theme song. Uh-huh. I mean, the, the Jaws, Jaws music. That's like what everyone goes back to when they're you know trying to imply something's impending doom or something. Da-na, 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 da-na. Amazing, amazing music. That's back when they made movies. They still made movies. Now, what if Spielberg had just stopped at Jaws? Would we be living in a better world? I think so. Interesting. Because after Jaws, it all changes for his, for Spielberg, in my opinion. It does. Ch- well, it not only changes for Spielberg, but it changes for... Uh, it brings about a whole new genre of movies. Yeah, Jaws is a great movie that spawned a whole genre of shit. That's including kind of like, Jaws 3. Isn't that kind of like Van Halen? <laughs> Seriously. That's true. Okay. I mean, that's what happens. It's you. That's true. You have, that's true. You have something amazing, and then you have all of these things that... Uh, yeah, it could be said about, you know, Jimi Hendrix. It could be said about anyone. I guess anyone could say that about anyone. It was uh, nominated for Oscars and Golden Globes and uh, BAFTAs. John Williams, of course. um, Is he of Star Wars fame? John Williams is of everybody fame, right? So he did that before Star Wars? The uh, Academy Award goes to Jaws for uh, Best Sound, Best Film Editing, Best Music, and Original Dramatic Score by John Williams. Oh, really? And it was nominated for Best Picture, um, but it did not win. Yeah, I mean, uh, what year was it? 75 or 76? Uh, 76 uh, awards, probably, so it came out in 75. So, Rocky beat it? How are you going to beat Rocky? You can't beat Rocky, unless you're Apollo Creed. It is hard to beat Rocky, I'm not going to lie. Um, but, uh, I think that was not the same year. Well, the next hard to beat Rocky. Yeah, no. Um, it was <clears throat> up against uh, the other movies. It was up against our the French Kiddush. No. Hold on, let me find. A Star Is Born. Okay, shh. Best Picture. It was up against One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, jeez. Yeah. You can't beat that. Barry Lyndon. Well, you could beat that. Dog Day Afternoon. You can't beat that. And Nashville by uh, Robert Altman. So those were the five um, nominees. So it wasn't going to beat those. Uh, it could have. It could have beat. Now, Dog Day Afternoon is another classic, <clears throat> and uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, <clears throat> classic. So it. Uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is good. Dog Day Afternoon is more enjoyable. Right for you. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is too much. I'm actually surprised that Barry Lyndon got nominated. I feel like they nominated it because it was Kubrick. Mm. It's a very slow movie. It's a beautiful movie, but it's very slow moving. I could never get through it. Yeah. Yeah. So I... uh, 
I always confuse that with Barney Miller. Anyway. Yes, Barry Lyndon and Barney Miller. Are well, the Hal same. Lyndon is a Barney Miller and Barry is a B, so I get a Barry Miller. Yeah, uh -huh. Barney Miller. I don't know what the hell's going on. Lyndon, Barry Lyndon is not spelled as a Hal Lyndon. It is. sounds like Hal Lyndon, and then you got a B in there, and Hal Lyndon and Barney Miller. Boom. Before okay. you know it, I've got a bad misinterpretation of what's going on. Alrighty, you're number four. Now, I, I've noticed a pattern here. Oh, let me tell you something. Yes? Dreyfus, Dreyfus, Dreyfus. Yes. Now, Richard Dreyfus yes. was a hell of an actor back in the day. And this is when he was still young. Yes. Now, he was good when he got old, but this was, you know, he's just ridiculous. He's a ridiculous character in this movie. This movie is a great movie because it's like a play on film. And I think part of that comes about because they had such trouble with the... Uh, the special effects with the shark that right. they had to rely more on actual just dialogue and script. Yes. So they got this great interplay between Scheider, uh, Dreyfus, and and Robert Shaw. And so the three of them, it's like a lunatic asylum on the boat, and it's really fucking funny. That Robert Shaw is perfect. This is another perfect cast, and uh, I feel like... I, f I feel like this was... A, a, this is a point where these all this perfection came together and culminated into a classic movie. Uh, yeah, I think it's just a, a, a perfect accident. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it led to amazing things and, and continued amazing things for Spielberg. Um, what did he do right after this? Uh, I believe, Close Encounters? I believe it was Close Encounters, yes. Yeah, Close Encounters is a great movie also. It's still great. It's just starting to get a little bit almost Disney-esque. Yeah, but it's it's also got Dreyfus, so... Whoa, 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 what the fuck? I didn't even realize that exactly. He's the star, so I, I, I'm i going to say that uh, I enjoy... I'm a Dreyfus fan. I enjoy Close Encounters more than Jaws. Holy shit. Uh, and if this had been a top 10 uh, movie list... I would have had Close Encounters on it. Well, there you go. So maybe it's fair to say that Richard Dreyfus is one of the best Hollywood actors ever. Yes, it, it is fair to say that. It is fair to say that. Uh, he, in, he is amazing in What About Bob and equally as fantastic in Jaws. Now, the movie's cheesy, but he's also good, by, uh, he's also good in The Goodbye Girl. The Goodbye Girl is a classic movie, and it just might be my number one. What? No, it's not. But that is a uh, that is a classic. That is a classic. That was in the height of his cocaine abuse. All right. Well, it doesn't matter. No, I probably helped. All right. So your number four, Jaws, or as Ron Bennington would say, Jaws. Hooper drives the boat, Chief. Uh, that was a very long trailer, by the way. Yeah, good trailer, I think. Yeah. All right. On to number three, or is there more you wanted to say? No, I think that's good. I mean, that movie fucked people up, right? They wouldn't. That, that movie was the 1970s equivalent of, of Psycho, in that Psycho made people afraid to take showers to the point that glass shower doors became popular. And to the same extent, I believe swimming pools became more popular because of Jaws. I, I don't doubt it. What I up don't that? doubt it, because the, the way they treated the movie was not... Uh, it's a drama, you know. It's not like a. It's, 
it's who not... wasn't scared out of their mind by joy? I mean, yeah. even if you thought it was just a movie in the back of your head, when you go in the ocean, you got to think of that. Right. Three feet of water, ten feet from shore is uh, something everyone is is focused on for a very long time. Are you ready for my number three? Yes. From 1947. What the hell? Another one I'm sure you're not going to guess is... Casablanca. The Ghost and Mrs. Muir. Holy cow. Didn't they remake that into a TV show? They did. And now I'm going to play you the trailer, but this trailer is interesting in that it's not a regular trailer. Uh, Something I didn't realize is that the book was very popular. And so uh, there was quite a... uh, I guess a kerfuffle, a buzz about uh, who would, what studio would buy the rights to the book. And so uh, here is the trailer from my number three, 1947's The Ghost and Mrs. Muir. Even before this appeared, 20th Century Fox had bought this story and made elaborate plans for it. Because of its gay, adventurous, romantic, and entirely different qualities, it was decided to make it one of the top pictures of the year. Gene Tierney, star of The Razor's Edge, Lieber to Heaven, and Laura, was chosen for the coveted role of Lucy Muir. Rex Harrison, who scored an instantaneous hit as the king in Anna and the King of Siam, was selected to play the robust, gruff, and hearty Captain Gray. George Sanders appears as the amorous interloper, Miles Fairley. I never frightened little girls into fits. But think of the bad language she'd learn and the morals. Confound it, madam, my language is most controlled. And as for me morals, I lived a man's life and I'm not ashamed of it. But I can assure you no woman's ever been the worse for knowing me. And I'd like to know how many mealy-mouthed blue noses can say the same. She's much too young to see ghosts. Very well. I'll make a bargain with you. Leave my bedroom as it is, and I'll promise not to go into any other room in the house. And your brat need never know anything about me. But if you keep the best bedroom, where should I sleep? In the best bedroom. I'm only here now because I followed you back. So you may have my appointment for which you are just in time. That's very good of you, but I'm afraid I can't accept Now, my dear young woman, if you will set your book of social graces aside just long enough to seize an opportunity that you want very much, by merely indulging a small, natural, selfish instinct. Without doubt, sir, you are the most forward gentleman I have ever encountered. Mm-hmm. You should have pushed him out of the cab. In another minute, I would have. Why, Daniel, I believe you're jealous. Of course I'm not jealous. You take me for a blasted schoolboy. Besides, jealous is a disease of the flesh. A lot of that is like the old school trailers is text on the screen, just uh, really promoting about the the stars and people were much more intelligent back then. Uh, that that could be. They had all we needed was the information, not some sort of reenactment of a movie. So uh, 
They all talk like fags in their ship, so it's retarded. The Ghost and Mrs. Muir is a romantic fantasy film starring Gene Tierney and Rex Harrison. It was directed by Joseph L. Mankiewicz and is based on a 1945 novel written by Josephine Leslie under the pseudonym of R.A. Dick. Now that's not funny. I see. Uh, so basically what it is is that it's this a woman buys a house and the house is uh, maybe she rents the house and the house is haunted by uh, Captain Daniel Gregg and he's an old seafaring man uh, who who owns the house or who owned the house and still haunts it to this day and it's about uh, their relationship and it's it's quite lovely and the ending I won't I won't spoil the ending but uh, it leaves me in tears every time and uh, just thinking about it, I'm going to get a little choked up. It's a beautiful movie. Um, I absolutely love it. They turned it into a comedy of sorts uh, TV show with uh, Charles Nelson Riley and Hope Lang. Um, I'm not sure how long that one lasted, uh, but... Uh, yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah. You've never seen the movie or the show? You haven't seen the movie. You I've saw the show. the show. The show was... was. I, refu- I, I confuse it with my favorite Martian. Yes, it's both the, the very similar. They're not anything else alike. I like both those shows. I haven't seen this movie, though. I didn't think you'd seen this movie. I, I don't think you've seen... Well, I don't know. We'll have to see. So, uh, The Ghost and Mrs. Muir, based on a novel by a man named Leah. Josephine Leslie. Ari Dick. Uh And uh, Edward Mulhair played the captain. Wait, who's he again? He played the captain on uh, the show. And then he was also in Knight Rider. Huh. Who does the voiceover for this movie in this trailer? That guy sounded really familiar. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I don't know. He sounds like I've heard him on tons of stuff. Probably have heard him on tons of stuff. He was like the inner world guy of that generation. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, Dave, now it is time for your number three. What is your number three? Now, my number three. Mm Mm-hmm. Is a magic number. Uh-huh. Time after time. Ah, okay. Year number three from 1979. Time after time. Starring Malcolm McDowell. The time is 1893. And novelist and inventor H.G. Wells invites you to join him on a flight. From London to San Francisco. In under a minute, you will be transported to a bizarre and fantastic new age. Today. Time after time. For H.G. Wells, 
the modern world offers a spectacular array of revelations, embarrassments, and delights. Well, hello there. Hello. What's up, Doc? I beg your pardon? You were saying, where to? Uh, could you please take me as quickly as possible to the Hyatt? But Wells has not come here as a tourist. His visit will be somewhat more dangerous. For he is pursuing Jack the Ripper, a villain who has eluded his fate by escaping into time. Ninety years ago, I was a freak. Today, I'm an amateur. <laughs> I'm obliged to take you back to face the consequences of your acts. You take me back. How do you propose to do that? By force? Be reasonable, John. We don't belong here. A 19th century gentleman. One. You don't close your eyes. And a 20th century woman. One, Join forces to capture a criminal from the past. At large, in the modern world. But even more than they want him, he needs them. You throw me the key, and I'll release the girl. On your honor, John. You have my word as a gentleman. I would have expected that you'd notice by now that I am not a gentleman. Say goodbye. Goodbye, Herbert. You haven't instructed him in the use of one of these machines, have you? Checkmate and you've lost again. A romantic adventure, a breathless chase around the world and across a century. Time after time. That is a really bad trailer. That was a horrible trailer. Um, movie is much better than the trailer. Is it? Uh, yeah. I'm not saying this is my top thirty number. This is one of my top five. It's not. It's not in order. And this is just today. I might change my mind a year from now. That's fine. But anyway, yeah, Malcolm McDowell is great in it. The villain is excellent. It's it's much scarier than the trailer lets on, and the trailer makes it like some sort of goofy romp. It's kind of scary. Is it a scary movie? Yeah, it's because it's a yeah. thriller. And Mary Steenburgen was great in it. Yes. And uh, I don't know, there's something about it. I thought it was a very good movie. Mary Steenburgen, of course, is uh, my pick for America's Sweetheart. Uh, she is very sweethearty looking there. She was married to Malcolm McDowell. They met on the set of this movie. Oh, okay. Now that's something for you. Uh, this movie, the trailer does make it look like it is a, you know, dramedy. Yeah, there's some comical moments, but it's a it's a, it's a thriller. It's a scary thriller. It's somewhat uh, violent. It doesn't... This is a movie that I have never been able to watch. I saw it in the theater, I guess, and when, when it came out. That's maybe why I liked it, because I was young. I see. But yeah, no, this movie, I like this movie, you know, it's, it's, this was a pretty heavy movie when I saw it, I guess maybe I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I think I'd probably, if I watched it now, maybe I wouldn't like it as much, I'm not sure, but 
I mean, out of all of the Malcolm McDowell movies, I would think uh, A Clockwork Orange nah. would be a, more of a top five for you. Nah, I don't really like that so much. Yeah, it's not an enjoyable film. This is better. He's a better actor in this movie. Gotcha. I think this is his best acting role. Personally. Wow. Wow. But, but he but he does other stuff, you know, just for me, because, you know, I don't, this is my personal preference. Wow. What else is, I mean, not, not, I'm not talking about TV shows. He's done a lot of TV shows. I can't keep up with all that shit. But what other movie? What, what other movie is there that he was in? Caligula? He's not acting very good in that one. Uh, let's see. He's not acting like a gentleman in that movie. I could tell you that right now. I'm not wrecking. Oh, cat people. Hey, it's a shitty movie. Shitty movie. He's I'm seen telling a lot of movies. This is I the only movie that he's recognize. really good in. The other ones, he's some. What is that movie he was in? Oh, Fine Day or something. Something. Oh, Sunday. His first movie before Clockwork Orange. Oh, Lucky Man? Yeah, so there was that, then Clockwork Orange. No, Clockwork Orange was first. Okay, see, there you go. You know, I don't know. I can't deal with Clockwork Orange. That's movies out. That shit's out to lunch. Uh. Yeah, it's not an enjoyable film, so I could see why it would... Uh, he's been in so much TV stuff, I'm just... Yeah, you know, I just think this is a, this is the, my favorite Malcolm McDowell role, and I think he's a very good actor. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I'm just looking to see if he's been in anything. Now I'm thinking about it. Maybe this isn't number three. <laughs> it's too late. Okay. It's number three. It's in there. Oh, he's in uh, Book of Eli, which is a very good movie, I think. He's uncredited. He's been. Uh, let's just to just to let you know, his filmography, two hundred and sixty credits. Holy fuck! <laughs> yeah. And Malcolm. it looks like he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten things that are either announced in pre-production or in post-production. Good for him. Yeah. That's kicking ass. He's like the sting of uh, acting. Pretty much. Very, very good. Um, all right. So that was your number three, Time After Time. Yeah, yeah, I guess as a kid, I liked it a lot. I don't know. I'd have to, you know, I could probably pick a better one, but let's just go with that. Okay, well, you were given... It's an interesting pick. That's all I'm Uh, saying. Okay. Uh, Oh, and you know the guy who plays the villain? He also plays uh, the less than desirably nice guy in the Titanic movie. He has a pocket watch. He says that Jack stole his pocket watch. I see. That guy. Same guy. There are a lot of Titanic movies. That's why I hesitate. The original Titanic. All right. With uh, Celine Dion song in it. Yes. All right, we're on to number two. Oh, Jesus. Are you ready for my number two? Yes. Uh, I believe this is a movie that you also will not know. Okay. (laughs) My number two, I believe from also from 1946 or 1947, The Time of Their Lives, starring Abbott and Costello. I thought you were a ghost! 
What a predicament for chubby Lou. He's a ghost, all right, a relic from revolutionary days, chained to the manor by a ghostly curse. And when, in our day and age, the manor is restored and some perfectly modern people move in, what can the poor ghost do? I'm gonna haunt him. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Emily, when you first came in here, did you or did you not kick me? Felt something, eh? Uh, I, uh... I thought so. It's you they're after. Identify yourselves. Cuthbert Greenway, you know who I am. I'm Horatio Prim, the little tinker, and this is Melody Allen. We were on our way to warn General Washington about Benedict Arnold. Horatio, and then, Horatio. I mean, but I got to... Don't be silly. Don't you realize they can't hear us? Thank you, Dr. Greenway. Thank you. Millie! like a bunch of crazy lunatics. I'm going to start behaving like one myself. Uh -huh. Probably. Ah! Uh, time of their lives. Uh, Abbott Costello, I grew up watching movies uh, all the time. It's, I've mentioned it before, the 4.30 movie or on Saturdays and Sundays on Channel 9 or Channel 11. There was always some sort of movie being played. Um, Abbott and Costello, mostly slapsticky movies uh, that are funny but not, uh, not touching in any way. Time of Their Lives is different. Uh, Lou Costello is a ghost who um, is kind of been doomed to walk the the grounds of this mansion because uh he and uh his girlfriend at the time were labeled traitors uh in their death they were labeled traitors to america um history had gotten it wrong um but because everyone thought they were traitors they were just doomed to walk the grounds of this mansion um and they were uh post post world war ii sentiment uh well, yeah, I mean, but this was a revolutionary war. This is uh, the the war they were, uh, you know, so we were talking 1776. Mm -hmm. So then um, the mansion is old and it's being bought by uh, some younger, more modern people who are going to come in and work on it. And that's where uh, Bud Abbott comes in. And it's it's a different kind of uh, Abbott and Costello movie. It's not Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein or the werewolf or the mummy or whatever. It's uh, it's uh, an Abbott and Costello movie with heart and uh, and ghosts. And I you know my number three pick had ghosts as well. So uh, there's also a 
kind of running theme here for me, but uh, I I love this movie. I remember watching this movie way back in the day, and uh, it stood out from all the other Abbott and Costello movies. Um, it's just a delightful movie. It really is a delightful movie, black and white, old school, um, not your typical Abbott and Costello at all. They don't make them like that anymore, have they? Actually, have they remade it? No, they have not. Uh, I, I miss the days of comedy duos. Um, I, I, I guess the most recent one that w- worked for me was uh, Chris Farley and David Spade. I can't think of another more recent one. Well, maybe uh, Jack Black and uh, Kyle. No. You don't think they're a comedy duo? Mm, James Franco and Seth Rogen. Nah. I mean, they're funny, but I don't. I don't think of them as a duo. I mean, I've seen enough Seth Rogen stuff without James Franco. Right. Well, I mean, a duo. Yeah. Peel. Key and Peel. Okay. But they're not. Do they do movies? Uh, no. They split up now. Now it's now it's Key and Peel is all serious. Yeah, no, I mean that, but I'm just saying it's comedy, a uh, comedy duo in movies. Um, yeah, I guess I guess Jack Black and Kyle are not in movies either. That they're mostly just Tenacious D on stage. So, yeah, uh, Chris Farley, David Spade are the last two that I can think of, and that was sadly very short lived. Oh, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. No. See, that was a franchise, and that wasn't... They weren't... It would have gone further, but Chris Tucker got all religious and refused to keep working with him. That's the problem. Well, I think he got religious, but I don't think he... Because of the religion, he refused to keep working. I think... I, I, I think if you are religious, uh, you realize that Hollywood is just uh, not a, a great place. Not ideal. Not ideal, and you ha- you either have to turn your head the other way and maybe feel guilty about shit, or you just say, you know what, bye-bye. Got to Rick Moranis this bitch up. Rick Moranis this bitch up. Uh, yes, so that was my number two. My number two, time of their lives. Do you, did you like uh, Abbott and Costello at all? Yep, yep, I'm a huge fan of Abbott and Costello. Oh, you are? Yes, I like them both equally. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, actually, I probably like Abbott more than Costello. No, I probably like Ca- Costello more than Abbott. I was going to say, because we were... Who wouldn't? Who, well, exactly. Especially as kids, you're always going to feel for the comedy relief guy more than the straight guy. I, I like the team, though. I like them. They were great. I, yeah. I like all that stuff. I, you know, who's on first gets a little gets a little old pretty quick. But it gets old that, quick, but it, at the time the it was pretty brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys are amazing. I like them way more than Laurel and Hardy. Yes, but they're, Laurel and Hardy were, I mean, that was just at the dawn of talkies. It was mm. not, the movies, were, the scripts were not so complicated and the shots were not so, you know, it wasn't the same. It's kind of hard to judge them on that. But, uh, yeah. I mean, look, I could easily have put, you know, one of the Road 2 movies in my top uh, 10. Well, that's damn good stuff. Yeah, I like old movies. I like uh, old f- fun movies. They're not too dirty. There's not a lot of swearing. They're not, 
gratuitous sex. I, I don't need all of that stuff to have fun watching a movie. So um, I do have a, uh, I do have a, a, a fondness for, for the old ones. All right, I hear that. You're, uh, you're number two, Dave. Well, let me just say now. Oh, okay. What do you think of the movie The Jerk? I like The Jerk. Because I don't know if it's number two or number three or anything, but I just think that's a funny, very funny movie. Because I was trying to think of what's the best Steve Martin movie. And I, I think that probably might be it. Or is there another one that's better than that? The Jerk is pretty fucking classic. Uh, Father of the Bride is good, too. My Blue Heaven. Pretty, uh-huh. pretty My Blue stuff. Heaven is, is very funny. <laughs> I mean, people like to say that, you know, that, I don't know. Maybe he does. People, people don't give Steve Martin enough do respect perhaps i don't i don't mm, i don't think that's true actually he's well, got uh he was pretty fucking funny he was yeah he was a he was he was a big huge deal uh in the late 70s when he was yeah. on saturday night live and uh yeah he was he made stand-up comedy huge he really did and he was a you know much like kaufman he was a character on stage you know <laughs> yeah totally ridiculous yeah i mean the character wasn't like kaufman but they were characters but uh yeah it was he was great uh the jerk was hysterical i mean fuck dude that was a hysterical movie what's the movie with uh bernetta peters and him is it the jerk yeah yeah, she's yeah. his love interest in yeah, The Jerk. Yeah, that movie's really funny. And then he did Pennies from Heaven. That's all right. It's okay. It didn't do very well, I don't think. I like The Lonely Guy. That's funny. Lonely Guy. Yeah, I mean, that's even a phrase I still use with you. You'll be like, I'm at the diner, and I'll be like, oh, you lonely guy. <sighs> Wait, who's also in that? Is that um, the guy who had the talk show? Michael Bay? No. Uh, <laughs> class. <laughs> Michael Bay, yeah. classic. Richard Bay, you mean? Richard Bay. Um, Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin, exactly. So that that is really funny. Yeah, Lonely Guy is good. Uh, so yeah, Steve Martin's great back in the day, but I guess I can't say they're in my top whatever movies, but they're very funny stuff. Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. That was uh, a weird movie. L.A. Story was the man good. with two brains. That was funny. Yeah. He's done, he's done some really funny stuff. I, I like The Jerk a lot. I don't think I'd put it in my top 10. But yeah. if I was doing a SNL-related top 10, and I do associate him with SNL. I mean, he was on there so yeah. many times. Um, definitely. He, he It would definitely be in my top 10 SNL-related movies. Uh, maybe that's a, a top 10 that's list for another day. Thing. Yeah. But, All right. Um, so uh, here, let me give you my number two. Number two, Dave's number two. Not the jerk. The Bad News Bears. Ooh. The original. Thank you very much. Yeah. Because I was thinking Walter Matthau. Now, what's the best Walter Matthau film? I mean, now that's hard to say because <coughs> there's so many great Walter Matthau films. The but, Bad News. Oh. Yeah. Go. Cool. I'm going to play the trailer. Do it up. There is no limit to what some men will do for money, especially a man like Morris Buttermaker. No, I really appreciate this. It's just a damn shame that none of the fathers had the time for it. God knows if I wasn't so busy down in city. You got my check, why wouldn't I? Even if it meant coaching an unlikely group called 
the Bad News Bears. It was a team of superstars like Mike Engelberg, Rudy Stein, Reggie Tower, Ahmad Abdul Rahim, the incomparable Ogilvy, Timmy Lupus, Kelly Leak, the Aguilar brothers. With a team like this, there is only one way you can go. Cups and supporters. Oh. Gotta be one at all times. Well, either you wear them, get that one. Either you wear them or you don't play. Walter Matthau is Morris Buttermaker, a man so desperate to make a buck that he did the unforgivable. He put a girl on the team. Boys, I'd like you to meet your new pitcher, Amanda Wurlitzer. Jews fixed niggers and now a girl? <laughs> Tatum O'Neill is Amanda. But Amanda is no ordinary girl. And with her help, the Bad News Bears went from totally terrible to just plain bad. I mean, why don't you do this league a favor? You and the Bears just dropped out. Amanda knew what the Bad News Bears needed. She also knew how to get it. If I win, you play baseball for the Bears. And if I win, name it. What if he tries something, uh... I know an 11-year-old girl who's already on the pill. Don't ever say that word again. Oh, well, well, if it is, it ain't gonna puke. How'd you like me to stick this bat where the sun never shines, Turner? Sit on it. But a little success is a strange thing. Once you taste it, you want more. And from just plain bad, the Bad News Bears climbed up the ladder to become the team that played baseball like it has never been played before. Academy Award winner Walter Matthau is the coach. Academy Award winner Tatum O'Neill is his secret weapon. Together, they turned the Bad News Bears into a team of superstars you will never forget. The Bad News Bears, the incredible story of how a disaster combined with a catastrophe and somehow became the greatest champs who ever played ball. This movie is great. <laughs> it is great. Tanner Boyle, are you fucking kidding me? Holy all in the family moment there. I love this Bad News Bears. I, I remember we tried to watch the new one at one point. Remember? It's t not terrible, but it's, it's Dude, not we turned good. it off. Yeah. I mean, you, if you were, if you didn't want to, if you look, if you weren't comparing it to this, you might get through it. Uh, but it's bad compared to this. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't. Sh this movie was so politically incorrect. You can't remake this movie. No. It's and fucking brilliant. It's, it's hysterical. The cast is hysterical. The whole thing is excellent. It's got the spirit of winning. It's got a, it's, it's got comedy. It's got drama. It's it's very good movie. And it's got kids. And it's got a drunk. It, it and it's got America's uh, favorite pastime. At least back in the day, it was you baseball. You can't get more ha more of a lovable character than Walter Matthau. No, a curmudgeonly lovable character. You know, he's he's the definition of a mensch. He's, this movie is great, and this is a great pick for your number two. 
and I am uh, envious. Yes, you're envious of my pixel, aren't you? I'm not envious, but I'm I'm <laughs> I'm happy that uh, you picked it because it's definitely. Uh, I love it. What I you, love what it. What do you like more, Jodie Foster or Tatum O'Neill? In general? You gotta go Jodie Foster, don't you? What? What? I can't understand what you're saying. You're saying <laughs> I said you have to go Jodie Foster, don't you? No. Well, Actually, you like Tatum, huh? I like to... I, dude, I, this is a movie that's enjoyable. Taxi Driver is a great movie, but it's not enjoyable. It's like it's like uh, Clockwork Orange. What's it's not she got? enjoyable. Uh, oh, she's... Okay, so she's got uh, Taxi Driver, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, I can't... Accused. That's enjoyable. No, it's not. Oh, just kidding. But seriously... You can tell by my reaction you're kidding. <laughs> that's Fucker. a good one, right? No. That's hey, you want to go see a movie? I'm gonna go with Tatum O'Neill, um, strictly <laughs> because of this movie. This movie's fucking great. Who's in Taxi Driver? What is it? What's the chick in that? He takes her to the porno movie. He thinks Sybil it's appropriate. Shepherd? What a clueless idiot. Yeah. Anyway, um, except nowadays that would be appropriate. No. It wouldn't. I mean, that's the generation now. No. She'd be like, "What? We're going to the movie? You didn't do anal? Ugh. I'm not calling you back." No one's uh, no one worthy of having a relationship with is going to say that. Uh, Wouldn't you like to do some anal? Right. That's my new Broadway play. I don't like your new Broadway play. It's produced shitty. by Newber Canal. Okay. Uh, your number two pick, I think, is a it's great. It's shitty. Pick. Was that a pun? Because that's funny. Your number two pick is the best pick so far of your picks. Oh, me pick them, you like them. Uh, just so far, number two is my favorite of your picks. Oh, this is Walter Matthau, number two. What other Walter Matthau movie are there? Uh, Out of Town, huh? very good. Uh, Odd Couple is probably couple. the best one. I was going to say Odd Couple, but this movie more feel good than Odd Couple. Oh, okay. Grumpy Old Men. Why is it funny? Very funny, actually. Um... Walter Matthau is, is. What's he got before? Oh, he's got uh, something. Uh, something about a married man. What's that one? How to. Uh, how to train a. How to guide to a mar happy married man. Something. Oh God, he's got a bunch of them. He's got a shit ton of them. Is he in the apartment, or is that not him? I don't think he's in the apartment. I thought that was Redford. Wait, no, the apartment. I think that's with. Uh... Oh, Jesus. I don't know what you're talking about now. Okay, never mind. Who's the guy from China Syndrome? Oh, Jack Lemmon. Exactly. The out-of-towners. The out-of-towners is not Matthau, right? That's Lemon and uh, that chick. I get confused. What other Walter Matthau did he do back in the day? I mean, what? how far back into the day do you want to go? In the 60s, Matthau. Uh, he was on some TV shows. Guide to a Happily Married Man or something? The Odd Couple. A Guide for the Married Man. Yeah. The Secret Life of an American Wife. Uh, Candy. Oh, God, that's a ridiculous movie. Hello, Dolly. Cactus Flower. That was the one with uh, Goldie Hawn, I believe. Huh. Uh, All right, so yes. what do we know him from? I guess the odd couples and the main thing that you know him from before Bad News Bears? Sunshine Boys. Sunshine Boys, that's it. Never mind. Okay, that's the one. Yeah, that's what I knew him from. He's actually in The Taking of Pelham, one, two, three. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's great. The original, of course. 
Uh, Sunshine Boys is really, really, really good. Plaza Suite. I don't think you get much better than Sunshine Boys. Well, then you're saying that's your number no, one. No, I'm just saying that's that's great stuff. But I, you know, I enjoy Bad News Bears more. But maybe as in terms of like his serious acting, maybe that's better. That's why we're doing favorites and yeah. not top best movies made in a yeah. genre because I knew that would be too difficult. Yeah. So there you go. Bad News Bears. I even like the Bad News Bears go to China. All right. Because they don't, they go to Japan. Exactly. But I like when I when Kelly Leak's driving a van. That's you know, I like that. Uh huh. But no, you know, the spinoffs always suck. I like Kelly Leak, uh, but those other movies suffer when Walter Matthau and Tatum O'Neill are not in them. Yes. But I, Tanner Boyle, uh, I adored, so. That's some good shit, man. All right. Are we on to my number one? Lupus. Yeah. I think you're going to know this one already, though. Bray? I have mentioned this many times. Yes. It's not um, that heard... movie with Jane Seymour and Christopher Reeve? No, it is not. I thought you liked that one. I do like that one, but it's not my in my top five favorite oh, movies. Oh, okay. My favorite movie of all time, as you have already said and spoiled it for everyone. Well, you can edit that part out. I'm not going to do Cut it. Cut that part out. Nope. My number one movie of all time. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. I need your deck. This is a bad one. The worst yet. There was an escape from the off-world colonies two weeks ago. Six replicants. Three male, three female. They slaughtered 20... A Blade Runner's job is to hunt down replicants. Manufactured humans you can't tell from the real thing. What's this? Roy Batty. Probably the leader. There was just one outfit making replicants that superhuman. The Terrell Corporation. Mr. Deckard, Dr. Eldon Tyrell. I don't get it, Tyrell. Commerce is our goal here at Tyrell. More human than human is our motto. I was looking for six replicants in a city of 106 million people. You ever see this girl, huh? Never seen a Buzzlove. What I didn't know was they were looking for me. Questions. I just do eyes. Just genetic design. Just eyes. Hello? I'm in a bar here now, down in the fourth sector. Why don't you come on down here and have a drink? That's not my kind of place. Time to die. If I didn't care more than words can say, if I didn't care, would I feel this way? Excuse me, Miss Salome. Can I talk to you for a minute? <laughs> you for real. You look damn one man's 
slaughterhouse. I'm going home. Blade Runner. What do you think of it? Have you seen Blade Runner in its entirety? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I saw it when it came out. You did? I did. I imagine you probably didn't like it. I didn't understand it when it came out. Yeah. I think what happened was uh, people expected something, one thing from it, uh, especially because of uh, Star Wars and... Han Solo was in a, you know, a, this movie and, mm -hmm. um, and I think overall in general, I don't, I'm not going to say the movie tanked, but I think it was uh, a disappointment to people who went into the theater expecting one thing and getting another. Uh, I didn't start seeing this movie until, um, I don't know. It was after it was made. I saw it on VHS. Hmm. And uh, I watched it over and over again. The This this is a movie that there are, I believe, five or six versions of. Right. Um, there's a the first international release. or I, I'm going to get the names of them wrong. But there's, I think, the first release internationally and the, the first domestic release had, uh, had narrative, had a voiceover. Um, it wasn't meant to have voiceover, but they just thought it was too confusing to people without voiceover. So they brought him in to do voiceover. I feel like the version I saw had the voiceover. Yeah, that was the, that was the original one that came out. Um, the voiceover was like some sort of detective movies type of voiceover. Yes. Like, uh, exactly, exactly. That's what they did. They added the voiceover. But the problem was was that people didn't love his voiceover. It didn't. Uh, it didn't resonate well, and uh, it did. It didn't do well. So then I think they put the movie out again without any voiceover. Um, they, That's craziness. They put it out a few times, um, and then eventually did uh, Ridley. They did a director's cut, which where they took the the voiceover out, but it really wasn't a director's cut. It wasn't Ridley Scott in the room. Uh, redoing stuff and eventually the final cut came out and that is in fact with Ridley Scott in the room uh, re-putting stuff together uh, fixing stuff that they didn't have the technology to fix stuff back then um, and it's it's based on a, a novel by Philip K. Dick um, to Android's dream of electric sheep and uh they should have just named it that well the the problem is is that the it it doesn't follow the book very well it follows the book somewhat but not really the philip k dick books in general 
that guy had some amazing futuristic ideas uh and his his stories turn into movies and a miniseries quite well um but they always need a little a little help hmm. uh his his writing style was not great but his ideas were fan-fucking-tastic i think that's representative in the concept of the title do androids dream of electric sheep yes and i would say no they count them before they go to sleep well, androids don't have to sleep. Well, I'm just saying, they don't. no one dreams of sheep. You, they, that's the point. You count them before you go to sleep. He's not dreaming of them. There's, there's no reference there. So, see, he's just a little bit off in everything he does, apparently. Uh, he's got a good idea, but he's he got Mr. Mark a little bit there. Anyway, he unfortunately didn't live to see the... He saw the movie, but he didn't live to see it become the cult classic it is. Um, mm. The reason it, I think it's a cult classic is because it is... It's almost its own genre, this neo-noir of uh, this detective type of movie right, set it seems in that the any, future. Anyone who does anything similar to it now is always compared to it. Yeah. And Ridley Scott, prior to him being a director, he was like a set designer, set director. He's very artistic. And so if you look at a Ridley Scott movie, you will always notice how absolutely beautiful it is. It's it's very, his stuff is very breathtaking. Um, what did he do after this, right after this? Uh, might have been Alien, or was it right before Alien? Hmm. Please hold. First Alien's great, too. Right. Let's see what he did here. Alien, I think, was a bigger hit than this, wasn't it? Okay, Alien came first in 1979, really? and then he did Blade Runner, then he did Legend, Someone to Watch Over Me, Black Rain, Thelma and Louise. I can't believe that he did Black Rain. That is such a bad movie. 1492. Uh, White Squall, G.I. Jane, Gladiator, Hannibal, Black Hawk Down, Matchstick Men, Kingdom of Heaven, uh, A Good Year, American Gangster, Body of Lies. What was it that you said after Black Rain? Thelma and Louise. Right. So, so he's had some big ones. Yes. Some huge ones. Alien um, was pretty fucking huge. That kind of started our genre in itself. Yeah. Like without Alien, I don't think there'd be like Predator or anything. Right. Or Alien versus Predator. Uh, oh. Alien is very scary. That's a f scary fucking yeah. movie. It's back when they still made films. Yeah. That's the other thing is that some of the things I like are movies and not films because yeah. it's just uh, the rewatchability. Sure. Um. I, I feel like Blade Runner is a film. Yeah. I think it may be when it first came out, it was just a movie. But now it's just, I don't know. It's just, I think it's beautiful. I think it's, uh, the pacing is slow, but I like that. I like how it just kind of is a, you know, uh, it's almost, do you ever, when you watch 2001, you almost get a weird sense of uh, th that the, the movie is the star and mm. the people are just <clears throat> in it. Like, there's something about it. And I, I, I kind of get that same sense with Blade Runner. Um, mm. 
It is my favorite. It has been my favorite since I first watched it on VHS uh, over and over again. The, the characters, uh, the, the costumes, the uh, environment that's created. It's just, uh, it's just amazing. It, my only problem with it is that Edward James almost is in it, and we know how I feel about him. Well, it's, almost, it's Edward James almost a perfect movie. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So now we're on to your number one, Dave. What is your number one movie? Uh, my number one movie is, uh, I would have to say The Shining. Wow. I don't think it gets better than The Shining. I don't suppose they uh, told you anything in Denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970. I hired a man named Charles Grady as the winter caretaker. From what I've been told, I mean, he seemed like a completely normal individual. But at some point during the winter, he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown. He ran amok and uh, killed his family with an axe. Well, you can rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not going to happen with me. <laughs> that's right. Mom, do you really want to go and live in that hotel for the winter? Sure I do. It'll be lots of fun. The only thing that can get a bit trying up here during the winter is uh, the tremendous sense of isolation. Is there something bad here? I fear you will have to deal with this matter in the harshest possible way. Well, I did. I killed you with Manny. You did this to me. Didn't you? I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. That's a good trailer. That's a great trailer for a great movie. Another 10 out of 10 movie, I would say. Mm. Uh, I did not see it in the theater. Um, I was too young to see it in the theater. I don't think you saw it in the theater. I saw it in the theater. You did? Scared the shit out of me. Me and my brother went. Jesus Christ. I was 12, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe Wow. That must have been the scare. Did it give you nightmares? I don't know about nightmares, but it scared the shit out of me forever. That is, to me, that is the perfect scary movie, right? That movie influenced me and scared the hell out of me. Now, a side weird note, those two twins in the movie? Yeah. They scared the shit out of me. And I believe they're based on some odd photograph that is a famous photograph of these two weird, ghoulish-looking twins. I think there's actually real people like that. Crazy. I once saw a book... And I turned it open, and there was those two twins were in it. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was like real life. I was like, what the? Oh, shit. That's from The Shining. I don't know. Anyway, that movie was terrifying and uh, also comical in some ways. Yes. And uh, Nicholson, uh, Nicholson is amazing. Just amazing in that, I think. I think he's well-directed in it. I think Kubrick... You know, I'll watch a movie with actors in it and I'll be like, why is this movie so much better than another movie that this person is in? And mm-hmm. it's it really is the director. It is the director that can get the well, the go. best or the worst out of a person when they're needed. 
and uh the whole fucking thing is crazy not to mention the shots and the then the the putting of it together it's it's a great movie that movie was so scary that after the scene was so tense when they would when i was in the theater and they flashed to the black screen it would say like wednesday or something Uh uh-huh just that was enough to scare the shit out of you like the scene would end and then it would go and it would be like a black screen with white writing on it that scared the shit out of you just perfectly done right yeah he's that he's crazy directing it is crazy directing and it's almost like it's uh, it's almost like if you can't get to that level you shouldn't make a movie but none of these movies would be made no no movie would be made that's a that's a I mean, Kubrick has got to be one of your top five directors of all time. Yeah, that's There's crazy. There's no way he can't be. That movie's deep. It's too deep to even comprehend, probably. Yeah. I mean, look, that movie is a 10 out of 10. But again, I, I don't find it enjoyable to watch. Hmm. Like, I, I'm I'm not going to sit down and be like, oh, hey, it's a nice day out. Nice no, Saturday no. afternoon. I'm going to sit here and watch The Shining. I just can't do it. Yeah, no, It I've has to become it. an event or something. I don't think I need to watch it again, but. It's a great movie. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it a few times, and it's look Stephen King again, another one we don't agree on our politics, but uh, he has an ability of uh, it's like his his mind is a waterfall of filled with these crazy ideas. Some are better than others, um, I, but that's. Uh, I was just older than that kid when that movie came out, so I was like pretty much around that kid's age, or just a little older. So I've kind of felt like scared like that movie scared the shit out of me scatman yeah. crothers is great in it too. scatman is uh he is the one endearing thing really yeah because you don't really you and again this is kubrick's brilliance you don't really love nicholson Hell or no. you and you don't love uh shelly duvall shelly duvall she's all weird and creepy She's not weird and creepy, but she's not lovable like she's not a lovable character but then scatman is completely lovable and the kid you totally feel for even though he's creepy yeah, the he's got just... tony who's living in his mouth what the fuck is that, that? movie is weird and scary so, i mean and king remade the movie with the guy from wings and that was <laughs> that was really terrible really terrible well see this is what happens stephen king's ego is so inflated that he feels like he can he he can make a better movie than stanley kubrick and it's just like dude once someone has bought your movie you got to say go with god you have to you say can't do that you can't compete against that you can't no stephen king is not going to be able to com- compete with kubrick when it comes to visually turning his a book into a movie it's just not going to happen misery was a great movie too who directed that one schumacher misery is really good it's not enjoyable but it's really really good as is uh fucking uh, the other one with Khan. That Jeez. is Khan. No. Misery. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Misery. Right. I'm sorry. But I'm thinking of the other one. Dolores Claiborne. Oh, okay. That shit's fucked up. Uh Rob Reiner directed Misery. Really? Who directed Dolores Dolores Claiborne? I think Dolores Claiborne's a better movie than Misery, but Misery is probably as celebrated Taylor Hackford directed it because I don't know who that is Taylor Hackford man misery is like really good 
They well, he also that. did The Devil's Advocate. Uh, well, there you go. There you go. Oh, and White Knights. Oh, I was going to mention White Knights. I really like that movie. Oh, uh, there you go. So there you go. I love uh, Gregory Hines and Barishnikov. There you go. Way better than Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal, I'll tell you that much. All right. So your number one, The Shining. Yeah, I would say so. And that's that That one might not ever change. And that's pretty... Some of these other ones change, you know. Yeah, eh, it's Time fluid. after time might change. But this, I can't see that changing. Yeah, it's fluid. And I knew that you trying to get you to admit to a top five of anything is, is really difficult. But, you know, this is what... Rear uh, Window is another great one. Yeah. Hitchcock. Hitchcock. This is the problem. I... I love, when I, when people ask me about top five or top ten movies, I usually say what a genre because mm-hmm. then I can cheat a bit. Oh, sci-fi. Okay, well then I can say yeah, it's, it's these really movies. Hard to define. I mean, honestly, fine. My it, I have top five sci-fi movies. Uh, you know, Planet of the Apes. That whole box set, almost the whole box set. When do we do, do top five? You know, directors or actors or. Uh, Right. I just, Dave, honestly, you've been so busy and haven't been able to do much uh, for the podcast that I, I just wanted to get you to be able to talk about something. Um, so Top five Joe Walsh guitars. Well, there you go. There Gretch, you go. Uh, Gretch Countryman. Top five singers for Van Halen. Gary Sharon. No. David Sharon. No. Gary Lee Roth. No. Sammy Hogarth. Sammy. Roth Hogarth. Ross Hogarth. I love Ross Hogarth. <laughs> I fucking love that guy. I will fucking hug that guy every time I see him. Hey, he I probably, got I got some of his plugins. He doesn't uh I bet he doesn't even remember me, but I I adored him. He was uh He mixed a different kind of truth, all right? He and he he was just, he was just really a a, a very nice man. I met a lot of he's nice a people. Rock legend, this guy. Is he? Yeah. I see. I didn't. I didn't realize. But I, big. he was very, very cool. Very nice. I met a lot of nice people uh, during that time. Met a lot of assholes too. Well, that sounds like a par for the course. Yeah, I guess so. I guess and it's uh, also car for the Porsche. It's a. Uh, it lets you you get a little dose of reality uh, when you work for some uh, people of fame. I hear there's bodies buried underneath Irving Azoff's brownstone. Is that true? I don't know. I don't even know if you have Look at me. I'm not even like, no, that's not true. I'm good. Is that true? I don't know. I don't think he owns a brownstone, but the first part's probably true. Yeah. Well, he's probably going to sue you for saying that. Sue me? He barely knows me. He can have that blanket over there and that cat clawed up couch because that's what we got. That's all we got. All right. Oh, so unless it's true. Uh, anyway, this has been a uh, episode 51. And you can uh, listen to all of our other episodes right on our website, middleagedcoolkids.com. If we start to talk too much, my voice starts to crack. I become racist. No. Oh, I become less racist. You're that... All the time. I'm racist until I talk. Then I realize I'm not racist. Mm-hmm. But you guys realize I am racist. I don't know. I think it's a character you're playing. Yeah. The unlovable character you're I'm playing. I'm playing a character just like Woody Harrelson. 
right. Oh my God! Because what, what are they doing? You're remaking no, we're not all talking the about family. That, Dave. Go fuck yourself, David. We're huh? an hour and fifty in. It's, exactly. It's not That's happening. what I'm saying. Why are we starting another conversation about you Woody are, Harrelson? and I'm cutting you off. Fucking Woody Harrelson. All right. Bye, bye, everyone. Two spicks, niggers, and now a girl. <laughs>